This is ContraZoom, a live in limbo production. This is ContraZoom, where we go back and forth about film. I'm Dakota Arsenal, and I'm here with the final Oscar Primer podcast regarding the Best Picture nominees. You know, throughout the course of these last few weeks, we've gone over Arrival, Fences, Hacksaw Ridge, Hell or High Water, Hidden Figures, La La Land, and Moonlight, leaving the last two films to be discussed in the Best Picture category that there are nine films, which is Lion and Manchester by the Sea. Both films sport six nominations. Both films look to be interesting players or parts of different things, and some of them seem to be doing a bit better than others. So uh, so let's break it down. Let's start with Manchester by the Sea, the film that was directed and written by Kenneth Lonergan, the playwright and occasional filmmaker, and starring Casey Affleck, Michelle Williams, Kyle Chandler, uh, and also... New actor, well, newish, Lucas Hedges. He's been in some other things, including uh, a couple Wes Anderson movies. Um, interestingly enough, there is a, a girl in it that plays his girlfriend, uh, who uh, starred in um, Moonrise Kingdom with Lucas Hedges. Lucas Hedges was one of the Boy Scouts. Lefty got stabbed by the Lefty Scissors by the main girl in it. I'm blanking on her name right now. Um, but yeah, it's kind of interesting that they're in it. So let's go over the six nominations for Manchester by the Sea. Best Picture. Best Actor for Casey Affleck. Best Supporting Actor for Lucas Hedges. Best Supporting Actress for Michelle Williams. Best Directing for Kenneth Lonergan. And Best Original Screenplay for Kenneth Lonergan. So first off, Best Picture. Where does Manchester by the Sea rank? Rank Well, the fact that it's got a Best Director nomination as well, one of the five, means that it should be considered a contender. But then you wonder, does it really have enough to, say, topple La La Land or the recent resurgence of Moonlight or the Hidden Figures surprise wins that they've been getting or even uh, the the beautiful quietness of Arrival, and even Fences that didn't get a Best Director nomination seems to be racking up some award wins. It's tough to say, um, but really, I think we know that um, Manchester by the Sea is probably middle of the pack. You know, it's got the Best Director nomination, which really helps it, but because that it is missing the other big nominations like Film Editing, Makes me uh, less likely to think that it stands a chance. Really, it's La La Land and Moonlight's to win, with Hidden Figures being the next biggest, and then Manchester by the Sea probably right behind Hidden Figures. Moving on to Best Actor, Casey Affleck. Casey Affleck is hard to talk about for his odds to win without bringing up the fact that there has been a ton of controversy surrounding his nomination, depending on where on the internet you are looking. Several years ago, he was um, sued for assaulting two women that worked on his film I'm Not Here, the Joaquin Phoenix mockumentary, where he pretends to be a rapper, that Casey Affleck directed and produced. Um, one of the women is claiming he made uh, lewd, sexually harassing comments to him and did not pay her properly. Sorry. Uh, this was a woman. And then the other woman 
as far as I can tell, I haven't found more information about this, uh, made similar comments to her. And also while he was drunk, uh, was caressing and fondling her back while she slept. I don't know more than this. I wish I could say more. I don't. But what I can say is how will this affect his chances of winning? Right when the nominations came out, it seemed like it was Casey Affleck's award to lose, that it was all but engraved already in his name. Since then, we've seen a real resurgence uh, of Denzel Washington for Fences popping up. And of course, you can't discount Ryan Gosling because La La Land may very well sweep the board and pick up a ton of wins. So if that's the case, Ryan Gosling could very well be in play for this as they award everything. Um, who do I think is going to eventually win? That's tough to say. Like, of this group, I think, well, my personal favorite is Viggo Mortis. I think he gives the best performance of this, which we'll be going over in our actual Oscar prediction contests podcast next week. But, uh, of those three, Denzel, Casey, and Ryan, I think Casey Affleck gives the best performance of the three. Um, so I would give him the slight edge to possibly win. But I can definitely see a scenario where Denzel Washington uh, swoops in and takes it from him. And also where Ryan Gosling wins because La La Land gets everything. Now, we also have Best Supporting Actor for Lucas Hedges. This is an interesting one because he gives a phenomenal performance, probably even better than Casey Affleck's, in my opinion, as a teenager who's trying to deal with the grief of his father dying and then coming to terms with what his new life is supposed to be like. Um, it's very conflicted and he shows a range of emotions and the whole struggles that most teenagers go through is really exemplified. Um, unfortunately, this seems like it's Mahershala Ali from Moonlight's award to lose. Even though he's only in the beginning part of Moonlight, he gives a phenomenal performance. Jeff Bridges also seems to be up there. Although I said this before, if he didn't win his best actor Oscar a few years ago for True Grit, then this would very well be the Jeff Bridges Award for Hell or High Water. But because he did win, I really don't think they will give it. Even though this performance might be better, it's less showy. It's obviously less showy. The True Grit movie is such a showy performance by Jeff Bridges. Um, Lucas Hedges is probably in that bottom grouping with Dev Patel and Michael Shannon, where the three of them are all can be interlaced with it, whatever way you want it to look. But it's really Mahershala Ali's to lose. Uh, and barring some sort of catastrophic event, Jeff Bridges swooping in to win it as well. Next is Michelle Williams for Best Supporting Actress. I really liked what she did this year, and I think she did a great job. Unfortunately, I feel like most of her big moments came at the very end and stuff that was shown in the trailer, the, I know we're both hurting moment when she's in tears and bawling and things like that. Because other than that, her part is pretty much, is, is basically only shown in flashbacks 
and for very short periods of time, not enough to really justify the nomination. Michelle Williams as a whole, we know what she's capable of, and we know what she brings to the table. And so that sort of thing is really the crux of what helped her get this nomination, um, someone that I really like, and that I wish had won um, for when she was nominated for Best Actress for My Week with Marilyn. <clears throat> Unfortunately, she's kind of in a tough spot in this category with Naomi Harris and Viola Davis being the, the top contenders for, for it. And then you've got the other three being Nicole Kim and Octavia Spencer, Michelle Williams, all sort of jockeying for those three to five positions. Nicole Kimmon, you know, I'm going to talk about a bit later. Octavia Spencer, if she didn't win for the help a few years ago, I definitely think she would be a real front runner for this as a sort of a mistake that they needed to correct in order to give her her, her due. Uh, and Michelle Williams might fall in that category, but really she doesn't stand a chance between Harris and Davis, and, and that's just the way it goes this year. Michelle Williams is definitely someone we are going to see uh, year in, year out. Anytime she does a, a big film like this um, to potentially be get a nomination for herself. For Best Director, we have Kenneth Lonergan. One of the things that you really need to look at is uh, it'll come back into the Best Picture comments um, that I said earlier was, if you have a Best Picture nomination, you're only truly a contender if you also have a Best Director nomination to go along with that. Uh, so where does that stand for Kenneth Lonergan? It means that his film is one of five that really should be considered the front runners. But as far as Kenneth Lonergan himself, he's sort of in a tough category because Damien Chazelle is really the one to be. And, and I have to think he's going to win for La La Land, even if they don't win Best Picture. And then you've got Barry Jenkins for Moonlight, who very well might sweep in and swoop in and Moonlight steal a whole bunch of awards from La La Land, including Best Director, which would be pretty phenomenal to see if that were the case. Uh, and then you've got below Lonergan, you've got Mel Gibson, who, while it's fantastic that, uh, depending on what you think about it. Uh, Mel Gibson has been reaccepted back into Hollywood after his anti-Semitic rants years ago. There is no way the Academy at this point is willing to give him an award. And then you have Denis Villeneuve, whose films uh, have been very well embraced by the Academy. You, you look at his most recent movies, both Sicario and Prisoners were well received by the Academy getting nominations. And then you go all the way back to Incendie, um that one best foreign language film, which is basically like a best director win for that category. And then you've got Kenneth Honor again. Um, d speaking of Denis Villeneuve, he will be back. The there's no chance that the Academy's love for him will wane at this point. And I think he will win one year. This is not that year uh, and not for a rival. Kenneth Honor again sort of slots in, in between those two groups of two, uh, but really, no one really stand a chance besides Giselle and Jenkins because the idea of La La Land faltering that much that Moonlight's going to start picking up all of the awards is possible. It is, as far-fetched as it might seem. And then you've got the idea of both La La Land and Moonlight faltering for Manchester to, to come in. That That's just not happening. So unfortunately for Lonergan, that is not the case. But... The, the movie also has a nomination for Best Original Screenplay 
by Kenneth Lonergan. Kenneth Lonergan, by trade, is a playwright. That is what he does mostly. And for him to get this nomination just shows how great he is at crafting a story and dialogue. Dialogue is really the big key as to why he got this nomination. And it really is fantastic. And I think looking at the the category, he stands a chance. You know, he's up against La La Land, but frankly, La La Land's script is probably the worst thing about the movie. Uh, its dialogue is also not very great, so right away you could probably take La La Land out of the running for that. Then you've got Hell or High Water, which is personally my favorite movie of last year. Just does not seem to have the appeal um, that it that I think it deserves, but also that with the Academy members, other than maybe with Jeff Bridges, The Lobster. It's probably one of the most deserving in my books. Uh, I love Yorgos Lanthimos' script and film. I think it was so dark and black and bleak and hilarious at times and scary at other times. That And it was so original. Like It was just so crazy original that I think it should win purely for that. The Screenplay Awards, I've talked about it many times, are usually seen as a consolation prize. Sorry we can't give you Best Picture, but we really do think you might have one of the better movies of the year. Manchester by the Sea, with the script it has, written by Kenneth Lonergan, for who he is, is definitely the front runner for this award. Um, it sort of hits all the notes needed uh, for, for voters to want to give it. And, and the fact that La La Land's script is so weak definitely has something going in its favor, favor which is, is pretty great. Um, unless La La Land decides to sweep everything the night of, this is basically Manchester by the Sea's award to lose. So, looking at this, they've got six nominations. They're for sure going to get at least one win for original screenplay. Probably a second for Casey Affleck for, for lead actor. But other than that, I don't think they're going to win any of the other categories. And even Casey Affleck at this point might be up in the air a little bit. We have Lion, which also has six nominations for Best Picture, Best Supporting Actor for Dev Patel, Best Supporting Actress for Nicole Kidman, Best Adapted Screenplay for Luke Davies, Best Cinematography, and Best Original Score. So, first and foremost, Best Picture. Where does Lion rank in concern of everything else? Lion is actually a bit of a surprise to kind of pull out this many nominations, especially the, the Best Picture. The fact that it doesn't have a Best Director nomination, like I mentioned just previously with Manchester by the Sea, means it's going to hurt it. It's not going to be a winner. No matter what happens, it, it really isn't. You've got La La Land and Moonlight as the top two dogs in this race. Then you have Hidden Figures playing potentially spoiler alert. Uh, if they steal some votes, maybe they can come out on top. And then at the bottom, you sort of have uh, Arrival, Fences, Hacksaw Ridge, and Lion, all sort of right there underneath it all. Um, there, There's no way, no possible way Lion wins this award. It's a, it's a really nice film, and it's nice that it's gained some extra recognition, but it frankly just does not stand a chance. 
over on the Best Supporting Actor side with Dev Patel, that sort of is a little bit interesting. Dev Patel at first seemed like a bit of a one-hit wonder with his Slumdog Millionaire performance. He hasn't really done a ton of noteworthy work since then. Yet here he is, and he only shows up an hour into the movie, halfway through. He shows up, and, and the movie really goes around him and he does a wonderful job with the performance he gives especially towards the end when he's having a full-on breakdown to the point where he doesn't know what to do with his life anymore and then that elation the happiness when he finally gets what he's looking for is just so beautiful he's in a tough category Mahershala Ali definitely looks like the the real contender Jeff Bridges very well might come in and steal it. Lucas Hedges gives a pretty great performance as well. Michael Shannon, I, I think, is one of my favorite actors. But uh, it's sort of a just be thankful you're there this year to remind people how amazing you are. Um, it's the one-two race of Ali and Bridges. And then Dev Patel probably slots just under Lucas Hedges um, for the four spot as far as his chances of winning. It's nice to see him nominate it. It really is. Uh, hopefully this means we're going to get some more excellent work from him in the future. And we have also supporting actors for Nicole Kidman. Nicole Kidman is basically the definition of um, lucky, happy to be there. Just just enjoy the night. Just, just be there in the moment and enjoy everything going on. Um, Nicole has won in the past for the hours, and she's been nominated several more times over the course of her career for, for Moulin Rouge and Rabbit Hole. And it's sort of surprising to kind of see her back in Lion getting this nomination. But here we are. Uh, as far as her category, she stands no chance. You know, it's Viola Davis, Naomi Harris, and then Michelle Williams, probably distant three, along with Octavia Spencer and Nicole Kidman way at the bottom, unfortunately. That's just the way uh, this is working for this year. She gives a really nice, beautiful, strong performance, but just not up to par with Davis and Harris. Then we've got Best Adapted Screenplay. I was just talking about the original screenplay category earlier for Manchester, but here we are with this. And and it's kind of in a tough boat because you're up against uh, Arrival, which did a really interesting job translating uh, a book. Fences, which was based on a Pulitzer Prize winning play. Hidden Figures, which was based on uh, a book that was translated beautifully to really showcase this uh, this story. And then you've got Moonlight, which was originally based on a play that has actually never been mounted because it was so difficult to do. But the screenplay is so fantastic, the way the three stories are weaved together. Lion, at times, seems like it's an ad for Google. Google did help with the uh, graphics for making the period-appropriate Google Maps for the late aughts. Um which is kind of funny, but that's neither here nor there, really. Uh, as far as where it stands in this category, it might as well come in, in fifth place. Uh, this really is Moonlight's Award, no matter what is happening, and, and all the other ones in the category are, are just there for the just there for the night. Then we've got Best Cinematography. The cinematography in this is gorgeous. You know, it takes place half in India, half in Australia and Tasmania. And so they really capture both of those worlds so fantastically. In India, you know, you've got these sweet, 
swooping helicopter and crane shots just showing how vast and big this country is and then all the shots from the train especially when when Saru the little boy is in the train and he's riding and he feels like he's in a prison cell and everything else that's going on in India capturing the, the richness of the colors that are present in that beautiful country and then over in Australia with all the water and the ocean and and just the majesticness that uh, Australia has to offer or majestical as they said in the hunt for the wilder people where does it sort of rack up in this category? That that's a that's a bit of a tough one. There's some. I think this year all of the nominees in cinematography are all fantastic and really deserve to be there. I know Rachel and I had a bit of a disagreement where I think La La Land sort of deserves to win, but she rightly pointed out how showy the camera moves are, and just because they have the most camera moves does not necessarily mean that it should be the most deserving we both really loved moonlight cinematography and wished it was getting more recognition but it's between those two with really it's gonna end up going to la la land uh lion doesn't really stand a chance silence i think was it was so beautifully shot with colonial japan arrival i think they did some really interesting stuff with the spaceship and everything that was going on in that this is just a stacked stacked category and lion is is on the losing end of that then the last nomination is Best Original Score. I think this is probably the single easiest category to pick other than original song, La La Land. That's all you really need to say. Original music, original musical songs, that is what is going to happen. La La Land is just going to walk up there. It, it are, the award already says La La Land on it for Justin Hurwitz's score for La La Land. So unfortunately for Lion, while the music is, is great, it's a little not very, it's not very noteworthy compared to maybe some of the others like Jackie and Moonlight. Um, and even Pastors, I thought did some, some interesting things with its score, but this is, this is La La Land's award and, and no one else can really take it away from them regardless what else happens through the rest of the night as far as best picture, best director, the actor awards are concerned. La La Land is walking away for sure with two trophies, original score and original song. So that wraps up the last Oscar Primer podcast as far as the best picture nominees are concerned. I really hope you've been enjoying these. And uh, earlier this week on Tuesday, I also released uh, the written Oscar Primer portion of this series. And I, I talked about um, Jackie and Zootopia and Doctor Strange and Loving. And I've got one more again coming next week. It'll be my my last one. Um before the Oscars. So uh, I really hope you've enjoyed the series. I, I want to thank Rachel for coming on the last episode for doing this. Next week, we'll be having our Oscar predictions round table. Uh, and so it's going to be a lot of fun. And I really hope I encouraged you guys to check out some movies you maybe not have encouraged and, and maybe help you do well on your Oscar ballots. Make sure you check out liveinlimbo.com where the show notes are going to be. It's going to list links to the previous primers and podcasts. Uh, and um, make sure you follow along on Twitter at liveinlimbo. Um, so once again, thank you so much for listening. <laughs>